The jazz season starts now. You're listening to Jazz Media Day coverage on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. We are live from Jazz Media Day. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Quickly, before we get to Donovan and Rudy, also known as Rudovan, uh, we've got some breaking Utes news coming from our very own Patrick Hinnan, who's covering practice, others uh, throwing out similar reports. Uh, but PK saying Britton Covey is 99%. He's redshirting. Yes, uh, I was told that uh, uh, over the weekend. And, uh, well, well, you know, why not? He's, he's not healthy. If he's not right. Yeah. Right. Get healthy and, and so you can compete at your best. Although I will say that I, I, I really thought that if the Utes didn't have Britton Covey and uh, uh, didn't have uh, Moss, uh, didn't you think that would put a crimp in what they wanted to do? I knew they had some gifted guys, especially at running back, but they didn't look like they were bothered at all against Washington State. Now, is that an indictment of Washington State's defense, or is that a compliment to what the Utes have in the cupboard? Probably a little bit of both. I mean, Washington State's defense didn't put up a whole lot of resistance, and we we knew that they gave up 50 points and a half yes. the week before. Mm-hmm. And Mike Leach was right. Now, whether he should have said it or not, and I don't know about the entitled stuff, but they were soft. That was a soft team. I'll agree that with was that. A, that was a soft defense. Mm-hmm. And But, I mean – you can only play who you're playing against, Gordon, and Utah looked really good against that uh, soft Washington State defense. And it, it Tyler Huntley put uh, good passes onto open receivers, and he kept his head up, and I thought he played a really good game. And those receivers stepped up. Without Covey, some of those other guys are going to have to yep. do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, if, you know, it's still you can't judge everything completely uh, against Washington State. I mean, Mike Leach was right from that perspective. It's a, it's not like playing the Huskies. No, that was not a tough team. And, you know, I mean, it's still a Pac-12 opponent that has beaten the Utes four straight times, and not anymore. That's been taken care of. So the Utes can uh, – and they have two weeks now to work through, uh, give some guys more reps and to get them ready for what's coming next. You know, uh, of the games coming up, which one strikes you or which ones strike you as a as a bit of a challenge for uh, for the Utes? Well, certainly Washington. Um, Cal is no, you know. Well, the rest of the league is having quarterback issues. Yeah. Arizona State uh, went down to, the, I think, their third stringer over the weekend. Cal had that modster dude That's come right. in who used to be at UCLA, and mm-hmm. he was dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely dreadful. Yeah. And so. Uh, Boy, when you look at the injuries, like you said, around the Pac-12, it is a long list. It is a long list. It's too bad. And Utah doesn't have Oregon. I think Oregon's playing the best of any team in the conference probably right now. You know they haven't given up a touchdown since week one. People talked about that first game as being really important for Oregon. So it's uh, – but. It, it didn't work out favorably for them, but uh, I guess they're playing some ball now. I still think Washington has a better defense than uh, the Ducks. Ooh, I don't know. They're not as uh, as far as uh, defensive scoring. The Ducks are, I think, seventh. I so, saw in the whole country. So the Utes have to face Washington. Uh, USC has to face Oregon still. Which team would you rather have to face? Washington. Really? Yeah. Uh, you're, you're still down on the dogs. Or I'm high on the ducks. 
Okay. And we'll see how it goes. All right. It is Jazz Media Day. Let's get to the two cornerstones of the franchise. Let's get to Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Donovan, uh, this year you get the opportunity to play with an elite point guard and Mike Conley. What, what do you feel like you can learn from him and, and being a backcourt partner with him? Um, I think, you know, the first thing um, I can really learn from him is just his leadership skills, leadership qualities. Um, I think for him, he's a guy who can who goes at his own pace. You know, I think that's one of the things I'm really starting to learn, um, just figuring out how to slow down a little bit, you know, take my time. And it's not really always about getting in there, you know, and scoring. You know, he's great at finding guys who are open. Um, I think that'll be... I think a little bit easier for me this year, just being able to find guys and, you know, find big fella. I think he's, he's, Mike has shown in his career that he can do both hit the corner, hit guys in the corner on the wing, hit guys rolling to the basket. So just being able to take that away and just being around him, you know, he's just the way he goes about his day, you know, whether it's eating right. Um, like I said, he moves at his own pace. You know, I make fun of him. I said, you've been in Memphis where you're down south, everything's slower. I'm from New York where everything's like, you know, <laughs> quicker. But, you know, just being able to apply that to, to my life and my game. Uh, for both of you, can you speak to the benefits of international play during the summer and how that might impact your games this year? I think uh, we just learn how to win. You know, it's uh, you have a short amount of time, a group of guys. You try to get ready as a team, learn how to you know play for one another, and then go out there and, uh, and try to represent the country and, and win. So I was really happy that you know Donovan got to do that this year. And I think it's going to help him on the long run, as it did for me. Yeah, uh, similar along with Rudy. You know, one thing I really wanted to kind of improve on was my defense. You know, and on the defensive end, I think in FIBA, I've, I've started, I started to pretty much guard the best perimeter player, you know, for every game. I think that's one thing I've really, and Pop really helped me out with that, with that mindset coming in there. And just be taking, not taking more pride in it, but having um, better mechanics, you know, better, not gambling as much. You know, in college, I came from where you try and go for steals every second, just keeping a man in front, uh, making your life easier on that end. Um, and also, you know, this time last year, I was, I had just started, you know, playing basketball again because of the injury. So. So I think that's one thing that's really going to help kind of being able to have a whole summer where I did get to work um, and put in a lot of time. Yeah, Donovan, to build on that, last year was a lot different with your rehab and all the things you had going on. This was much different. How, how, is, how did the offseason this year compared to last year have an impact on you? in your preparation for this season? Um, well, honestly, I can go to the gym whenever I wanted to shoot. I think that's one of the things you really miss when you, you get hurt. And I think um, just being able to just say, you know what, I'm going to go two days today, you know, even sometimes three, um, being able to have that mindset coming in. You know, obviously I started a little bit earlier. Um, I think we both did starting early just because of a FIBA coming, uh, that, that came up. But, you know, I'm just excited to just – play basketball. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, I'm, I could just feel it. You know, I'm just excited to be healthy at the beginning of the year because I remember how tough last year was, especially for me, just not even during the season, but just kind of getting to this point of getting to a point where you feel just healthy, you know, I think. So I, I take a lot of uh, – I cherish that because, you know, it wasn't there. And I think that's what's different between this year and last year. Rudy, you've had a lot of success in the past as a, a kind of the only true big man on the floor defensively with smaller lineups. Those might be the majority or maybe even all of your team's lineups this year. Do you feel like that's a, a bigger challenge for you, a, a different challenge in some ways where in previous years you've played with Derek and other bigger guys? I think it's a different challenge. You know, um, 
Obviously, I think offensively, you know, the spacing uh, for me as a guy that puts a lot of pressure on the rim is going to be it's going to make it harder on the defense. You know, they're going to have to make tougher decisions, and uh, the space is going to be way more open for all the guards too. Uh, now, defensively, I think we're all going to get going to have to do a little more. You know, I'm going to have to do more. Uh, we're going to have to rebound. You know, as a team, we're going to have to just be a little tougher defensively, and I think we will. This question's for both of you guys. Um, so the league's obviously becoming a lot more global in terms of like who's winning awards, like who, you know, who's winning World Cup competition, things like that. You don't have to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> this, this season, we're going to see a record number of like NBA primetime games in Europe, and the Jazz will be in three of those games. Mm. Um, how important is it for the Jazz to have exposure to these European fans and just kind of that global exposure? I think it really started with with him. You know, you look at him winning Defensive Player of the Year two times in a row. You look at how many international guys we have. We had Ricky last year. We have Dante. We have Joe. We have Bojan now. Like, there's so many guys we have that are from Europe, from from. Not, not from America, I think that's one thing that really helps. You know, for me, I'm getting a taste of it just from playing in the FIBA and then even going in China for, for my shoe tour. I think you just understand the passion and the love for the game. And, you know, I gain a lot of respect, you know, for um, guys who didn't grow up in America because you, all you know was one thing, you know, and Rudy's talked to me so much just about how much he's cherished basketball and how much they cherish basketball in Europe and China and, and in Australia. I think that's uh, one thing that's really opening, at least my eyes, and I think this game and the NBA has done a great job of being able to, to put teams on that platform, and I think we can only do more. I think three is a great start, but I say why not more, and I think, um, like you said, playing playing in these games and doing and going on these trips, I think, really help. You're not going to answer the question? <laughs> Agree. You know, I think. <laughs> um, you know, growing up in Europe, you know, it's not easy for us to watch games. Uh, I probably watched my first NBA game when I was 15 or 16. You know, so you know, you just you just learn the game and love the game because you love the game, and then you you find out that there's uh, you know ways to watch games, watch more games. The NBA has done a great job over the last few years, you know, at improving that. Obviously, you know, when uh, when the games is at 7 p.m. here, it's at 2 a.m. in France or 3 a.m., so it uh, makes it a little harder. But, uh, you know, the game has grown amazingly, and we have a lot of talent everywhere around the world. Um, you know, and those kids, I feel like 20 years ago, it was harder for those kids to to think that they were going to be NBA players. Now, anywhere in the world, you can, you know, you can have that goal, and uh, and I think it's great for the game. Donovan, there's been so much talk and so much hype about this team, maybe more so in 20 years mm -hmm. of this franchise. How do you deal with those expectations? Do you embrace them? Do you block them out? Uh, or do you make them a part of the culture here? I think it's really tough to block it out in today's world with how much we're on our phones, how much we're, you know, seeing it. So, so the biggest thing for us is... Um, I think Mike said it before, like just focusing on what we can do, you know, what we what we control, we control what we can control. You know, at the end of the day, moves have been made in the West and when people are going to say whatever they want to say. But for us, we we have to start over, really. You know, we have, I think, what is it, 
eight eight new guys, I think, believe something like that. So we have to we have to start from scratch. Kind of we have a we have a platform, we have a base, but we got to build from that. And I think that's really where our head is at. You know, I don't think any guy in the locker room is saying, "Oh, we're this in the West or we're that, or we could be here." I think that's kind of setting yourself up for failure if you start to look too far ahead. Uh, the biggest thing is just continuing and starting with tomorrow. You know, tomorrow is going to be one day, and then we start focusing on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, and then we get ready for Australia and then continue to go from there. Or Adelaide, excuse me. Got to get it right. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you guys just about that France USA game and how kind of you know unique it was that you guys played against each other and you know, obviously what what ended up happening. You go. Go ahead. <laughs> um, honestly, um, you know it's it that so I those three games for me, Ricky against Ricky against him against Joe were just weird <laughs> to me like you know you came out ready to compete but it's just it's different than in practice you know usually I miss a shot against Rudy I get another chance in like two seconds in practice you know <laughs> but like then it was like it was different and I think I don't know if you feel the same but like it just felt different but you know once the ball was tossed up and you know I think I said something the first play and then he says I'm back and that's when we got right to being competitive um both played well. I think that that's pretty exciting. You know, he was, you know, really showed why he is who he is, and I tried my best to do the same. But, you know, it was just a great experience. You know, I think for us, um, just kind of just seeing us in a different element, you know, I think that's one thing that really kind of was pretty special. And I go for, for Rudy and for Joe. You know, Joe had what, almost two or three triple doubles during the tournament. So, like, we all did our own things in different spaces, but it's pretty cool just, and you learn a lot. You know, you learn a lot about guys outside of the, 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 the setting here. And I think it was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, like you said, that's a totally different setting for me playing for the, for your country, playing for the French national team. You know, you, we sacrifice a lot to be able to, you know, you have, like I said, two months. You you practice every day while other guys could be uh, playing pickup games or you know being on the beach or whatever with the families. So it's like you know you you sacrifice to to try to accomplish something. And you know it's a it's a different kind of focus, a different kind of uh, of serious. You know once you get into the game. Everything is a little tougher. Everything is a little, you know, matters a little more. So it's uh, just a great experience, you know. And uh, I've always dreamed about, you know, beating USA in an international tournament. We did it this time. Hopefully, we get to to do it again. No. <laughs> Uh, for both of you guys, the team, the front office, seemed to go out and find floor spacers specifically to open up parts of your games individually. How, how do you see that working? I mean, what, what do you think you can do now with better spacing? Um, I think the, the the biggest thing is honestly, like, you know, obviously it's no secret we run pick and roll a lot. I think it, it makes, honestly, well, my life, you know, easier, you know, trying to find guys because now, like Rudy said, you know, they have a harder decision to make on defense. You know, you have probably the most dynamic roller in the NBA, and then you got Bojan in one corner. You know, you got Mike, you got Joe, you got Royce. You know, you can go down the line. Um I think that makes it a lot easier. I think and it's, it shows that, you know, how much they, they kind of want to support the two of us. And I think it's, 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 uh, it's really on us at this point. You know, I think, I think we're ready for that challenge. I think um, we both had, like, you, like we all know, great, great summers. But at the end of the day, <laughs> it's on. It's, we can control what we can control. And I think we are ready for that challenge. Uh, what do you say? You know, I think... Uh they, 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 they kind of build a team around us, you know, around our abilities to, 
you know, put a lot of pressure on the rim, and uh, it's on it's on me to be the guy that I've been defensively even better, and uh, offensively be be the guy that I've been and keep showing that I, that I'm getting better every year. And uh, on Donovan, it's on him to you know keep growing and keep making play for himself and for for others. And I think uh, if we're able to do that and. You know, and, and share the ball and, and play as a team and defend with the mindset that we know every possession matters. Uh, I think we're going to be very hard to beat. That was Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, Gordon, and so much right there uh, stands out. You know what's interesting? We, we're still hearing the word defense a lot, aren't we? Out of all the changes, we think a lot about offense, but we still hear the, the defense talked about over and over and over well, again. Well, Quinn stressed that too, you yep. know, especially transition defense and that that's going to trigger uh, positive things for the Jazz. But I I found that little exchange there toward the end, uh, that question was really interesting, that uh, in spite of the moves the Jazz have made, it's still Donovan and Rudy. Yep. You know, and the responsibility, even though they have Mike Conley, even though they have Boyan Bogdanovich, even though they have more shooting now, even though they have guys coming off, you know, Jeff Green, and Ed Davis, uh, and, and even though Dante Exum, it looks like he's going to be back, it's still the heart and soul of the team are those two guys. And maybe you can include Mike Conley in that after he gets adjusted. But it, it's on them, man. Two still fairly young players. I mean, how old's Rudy now? Uh, we'd have to... Uh, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But he's been around for a while, and so... Uh, these are the guys who have to lead the way for the Jazz. Uh, Donovan's talked about getting better on the defensive end. He has to get more efficient at the offensive end and make better decisions and and be a, kind of a go-to guy when the Jazz need him to be that. And Rudy Gobert has to be everything that he's been in the past against what, you know, with, alongside what some people have described as being a slightly diminished defensive team. We'll see if it works out that way. Uh, and and then continue to do the things he does so well at the offensive end, namely diving to the basket and dunking the ball. And So it's, a lot of it is on them. The, the, I, I have a hard time believing that the Jazz will rise to the occasion and do what Rudy said at the end there uh, without those two having probably the best seasons of their careers. Rudy uh, just turned 27 in June. Yeah. So he should be coming into his prime now. Yep. And, it, you know, it's it, it's I think it's really important that they are the leaders of the team. Yeah. And then we've talked about this before, but I think it's important that, you know, Mike Conley doesn't he comes in to fit in with Donovan and Rudy in the locker room as opposed to dominate it, which I think is something that um he will do or it seems like yeah. that's part of his personality yes. but this this really needs to be Rudy and Donovan's team because they're the best players on the team and they need to be that and they need to be that and yeah. because they have a lot of good players but to win a championship good players aren't enough you got to have great players and Rudy Gobert obviously the best defensive player on the planet has shown that over the last couple of seasons needs to step up even more this time around cuz Derek Favors isn't there well, there should be some uh, more space for him to roll to the basket. I think that that should be a good yes. thing. He's not going to have to roll against double teams as much, which is what Houston did right. a lot to him in the playoffs. Uh, the Rockets in particular did that. And so it, it thinks he should 
break his dunk record again this year. And then Donovan Mitchell should uh, should uh, lead the team in scoring and get up around the the high twenties range and average. You and I have that little side bet going on. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but it would be good news for the Jazz if Donovan Mitchell scoring twenty seven points a game. Oh, yeah, that would be certainly, I mean, that's a high standard, but, yeah, that certainly would be good news. But can he do that? Obviously, there will be additional attempts taken by some of the added offensive talent on the team. But guys like Ricky Rubio and and Jay Crowder, they were jacking up a lot of shots last year, you know. And those guys aren't there now, so uh, they won't be. My point is that the guys won't be left open <laughs> like like they were, so that they feel like, man, I gotta shoot. Because in the NBA, if you're wide open, you gotta shoot. It hurts your team more than it helps it. Even if you even if you are gonna miss the shot, you cannot allow defenses to lag off of you. Speaking of that, did you see Ben Simmons' comments today when asked about shooting oh, the three? Yeah, he's going to jack he it He said, up. quote, if it's open, I'll take it, yeah, I unquote. Saw that. Okay, that we'll means that, that Ben's going to lead the league in attempts, right? Because <laughs> they're going to leave it there. It's <laughs> going to be there for him. And you've seen all these videos over the summer of him hitting three-pointers, so we'll see if it's real. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> but, yeah, if he actually means that, he's going to be hoisting, man, hoisting. Well, there's there's nobody on this Jazz team, at least not among the starters, and maybe a couple of players deep into under the bench who are going to be just left alone to shoot. Maybe you could maybe say that about Dante Exum. Maybe I don't know. Can you? Probably now he's got to go out and prove some stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, joining us now, our good friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And Andrew, uh, you've already helped so many of our listeners. People need to realize nothing to be embarrassed about. Uh, get in and uh, get that spark back in your love life. Yeah, that's right. We've got a new treatment for acoustic, uh, for erectile dysfunction, excuse me, called acoustic wave therapy. Um, and you said it. There's nothing to be embarrassed about when it comes to ED. More men struggle with this than you'd probably think. We've treated thousands of guys now, and uh, a very high success rate in reversing erectile dysfunction. This treatment basically uses an FDA-cleared device that will open up the blood vessels in this part of the body. And this starts to make a lot of sense if you think about it. What is erectile dysfunction? Well, it's a lack of blood flow. That's what this treatment addresses all of the medication up to this point is a Band-Aid. It's a symptom reliever, and that's why it comes with so many side effects and all of the downsides, dropping of the blood pressure, having to pre-plan, and having to take more and more as time goes on. We can typically restore normal function in the bedroom in just two to three weeks. So think about mid-October, you could be back on track with your partner, in the bedroom, not having to worry about the medication, and of course, not having to worry about any of those side effects. 801-901-8000 is the number to call, 801-901-8000. And you're really taking all the risk out of this for our listeners, Andrew. We are. We know guys are hesitant, and they're not sure if this is the right route for them. If you call us right now, we will do an initial assessment and exam with the blood flow or with the doctor. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound as well. This is a time where you can ask questions. You can say, hey, doc, I'm taking this medication. Do you think that's what's causing it? Or I have this problem in my past. Is that what's causing it? 
And there is a chance he'll say, yes, that's exactly what's causing the ED, and you'll get a fix very easily. There's also a chance that the treatments might be a right fit for you. Um, either way, that's a $300 value. Pick up the phone and call us right now. We will do it totally free. All right, that number, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. He's our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Jake. All right, we'll have more of the big show coming up straight ahead. We'll let you hear from Dennis and Justin Zanuck right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at Action Plumbing, Heating, and Air. They're looking for skilled HVAC technicians, plumbers, and electricians to join the Action Superhero team. Paid training, health, dental benefits, and a 401k match call today. Join the Action Plumbing Superhero team, 801-833-3333 at Action Plumbing. We're going to hear from Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck coming up here momentarily, Gordon. Boy, they've had a had a busy off season, but uh, you know, so far they seem to make a pretty good team uh, from uh, with a with a changed dynamic. Of course, Justin and Dennis worked together for a long time, but now after a couple of promotions, seems to have worked pretty well this off season. Yeah, they have uh, filled that tool shed up, and uh, now it's up to those players to live up to their capabilities, and for Quinn to uh, to, to to concoct the thing in a way that that uh, brings out the best results, and I. I don't have a whole lot of doubt about that part of it either. I think that Quinn is probably uh, fairly pleased with the additional talent. All right, let's get to it. Here is uh, Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations, Dennis Lindsay, and General Manager Justin Zanuck. Dennis, in the offseason, it looks like uh, you've added a lot of shooting and a lot of skill in that, but you had to sacrifice some size in the process. The way the game is played now, how much does that matter? How much did that concern you? Well, uh, everything matters, everything. So uh, there's only points and, or excuse me, possessions and, and points that you know lead to our percentages that lead to your overall points and point differential. And certainly, uh, several of the guys that move to other teams are excellent defenders, just not Derek Favors. But Jay Crowder, Ricky Rubio was a plus at his position as well so uh, it's always going to be a give and take um, clearly there was some redundancy between Derek and Rudy and Rudy's going to have to take on a little bit more we feel great about Ed Davis he had a, a very good defensive year uh, last year last couple years really so uh, you know I think three years in a row facing Golden State and Houston told us the truth that we just uh, for whatever reason, couldn't keep up with their skill level. We would have preferred to 
face uh, both of those teams a little bit later in the playoffs. I think under normal circumstances, I don't think that that was unreasonable, especially last year uh, with the early season schedule, uh, Donovan trying to find his rhythm um, and a few things that put us behind the eight ball. You know, we probably should have had a better seed and face, but yet you're still probably going to face Houston Golden State. So, so clearly, uh, Justin, myself, the management group, coaches, it was fairly unanimous uh, that what we needed to do as far as adding some skill, uh, in particular some spacing. And uh, hopefully we'll still stand on those jazz defensive principles that we've built. You know, can we be top three? Can we be top five, top seven? Who knows? That's that's why we have the competition. Question back here. So, Dennis, in that sense, do you feel like the team is less unique or maybe less trying to carve out its own niche than it was last year and is more what the modern league is doing? Um, well, you know, we, we played lineups uh, the last few years that were quote-unquote modern. Um, now, we didn't make enough. We didn't make enough uh, at uh, important times that ultimately got us eliminated when we when we made, um, we beat the best teams in the league. We, we can recall those games <clears throat> really over the last four or five years. Um, so um, certainly Derek uh, and Rudy, those big, big combinations uh, did make us unique. And uh, Derek won us a lot of matches, and some against backups, some some against starters. And um, But again, uh, Rudy's um, as Tom Thibodeau and others have said, a defense unto himself. Now, it can't be an open gate run uh, at Rudy. Uh, we're going to have to be great with our stance, our body positions, our communications, our multiple efforts, all those things that we've been great at. It's just a few different players doing that. And, and then we'll have the big fellow and a few other bigs that are back there protecting for us. Question back here. For either one of you or both, Mike Conley has been uh, in the league for, what, 10, 11 years. Last time he played at least 80 games, I think he was 25. What's your idea for the backup behind him? I think, you know, bringing a, a great competitor and a great veteran like Mike, I, it's not just a one-person game, PK. It's a, it's a five-man game and a 15-man roster. So we've tried to give Q different options for him to play and for guys that will be opportunity. Um, every season's different. You'll have guys play 80 games, 60 games, 70 games, just as the season plays out. So we feel like there's enough options there that we'll get through the season at the beginning of the year and see, see what we've got as the guys need to go and gel. And then, you know, Quinn will decide who uh, fills those minutes. We have multiple ball handlers on the team. Whether there's a pecking order or not will be determined. Whether that's Emmanuel Moutier or Dante Exum or Donovan or Joe handling ball handling duties if Mike isn't available or in backup of him. So I think that's part of why we're starting training camp to figure out what those combinations look like and, and have these preseason games in practice. And we're excited to get started about it. I would add this, PK, that it presupposes to answer that question a few things. Who's going to win um, inside of competition in short order? And then there's always shifts uh, based upon rhythm and where the team's at, the competition that we're facing. 
Uh, injuries, of course, is um, the thing that we, we can't predict. And the other thing is, is there's, there's always been, but in particular in today's game, there's interdependence on your roster. So I think Justin made a great point. Those uh, 15 guys, maybe even 17 with our two two-ways, that uh, the subplots that happen during the course of the year, you're going to need everybody to help you manage appropriately the season. I think Toronto was the best example of that. And then the last piece is there's that interdependence of literally who could start at the four could impact all the way down the line of what we're doing at the point guard positions. Because if there's more traditional four, then that frees up minutes for some wings like Royce O'Neal to play some two and a three rather than the four. And, you know, does that push Donovan over to the backup point guard spot, which he uh, was forced into twice last year because, as you guys know, all three of our point guards went down at the same time, which is I've never had that happen in my 22 years before. So there, there's a lot of things that go with it, but the roster was built in mind that if this, then that. And so there is a little uh, interdependence. Like, for example, right now we're uh, penciling Dante in as just a player that could play guard and wing, but based upon performance, that could be guard or wing. So. For the guys that have stayed on this roster, Donovan, Rudy, Joe, what kind of player development are you trying to see from, from them? I, you know, Royce, et cetera, as well. I think, you know, the guys that you mentioned, Andy, all have had unique summers, very busy summers with the World Cup. Uh, in addition to the guys that didn't, that are returning the team, Royce and George, they've had busy summers working on their individual games. I think each player's in their own developmental path for their career. So, and they all each hold themselves to a high standard and continue to try and get better. So, Quinn's represents this a couple seasons. Every season's a new season, and the expectations that come, we have expectations of our team being competitive this year. And all three, four of those guys that you mentioned have individual goals as well within a team setting. So, we're excited what this comp these combinations look like with Quinn and the work that's been put in over the summer for them. Uh, certainly Joe, Rudy, and, and Donovan specifically have carried a big load, which has been great for their experience, and certainly they're in shape coming into camp. Um, how we manage that throughout the season, as we do the rest of the season, will be remain to be seen, but the guys are excited to get started. John here in the front row. Dennis, uh, just looking at, at the landscape of the Western Conference, obviously the Jazz made some major upgrades in talents at various positions, but so did several other Western Conference teams. With that in mind, how important is it for the Jazz to find their footing quickly and to gel and have the chemistry quickly? I think it's always better, and you certainly we've erred towards the side of continuity the last few years, but so we have had change. Luckily, the, the change, uh, some of the more important pieces that we brought in, the more experienced pieces, are just that. They're grizzled veterans that have seen a lot of NBA basketball. And, and I think they're all hitting the stage of their career where really winning is most important. Not that it wasn't before for them, but when you start reaching your early 30s, you start thinking about trying to leave the game with a uh, with a ring. 
And so Mike being 31, uh, Joe Ingles, you know, where he's at in this stage of his career, Ed Boyan as well, Ed Davis, the, really the list, Jeff Green, the list goes on and on. I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm not uh, confident yet, um, but I'm hopeful that uh, they'll take Quinn's message um, and messaging on style of play and what we stand for. And, you know, as you guys have heard me say before, the Jazz DNA, that, uh, that they'll come together in short order. I think OTAs helped. Quinn made an interesting point on OTAs that I, I really hadn't thought about previous, that in some ways Rudy being with Team France, Joe, Team Australia, and Donovan with Team USA allowed the, the guys that stayed back during the OTAs to get to know each other. And Rudy's a fairly dominant presence, and even in OTAs, you know, you put him out there, there's nothing at the rim. Now, will Mike Conley have to adjust, and will there be less pocket passes, you know, because he was pocket passing a lot to Marcus All, and versus lobs to Rudy? Those are all nuances, but I'm pretty confident that Coach and his coaches and the development staff, we've seen uh, how they're already trying to impact. Um, uh, how we play with with the new players, and we haven't seen anything that would 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 indicate to us that there's going to be a big gap. So, but to your point's well taken. Uh, the competition in our division and in our conference, like the last few years, is is thick, and we wouldn't have it any other way. But it would definitely help if we got off to a quick start. There you go. That's Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck here at Jazz Media Day, the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Jake, and you said it before we heard that, that uh, the importance of getting off to a good start. You know, with the competition in the West, you just can't fiddle-faddle around. It's too punitive. And and, 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 and Dennis addressed that. He said that very thing. But he, he did also talk about how these are veteran guys, and so that process should be a little easier than when the team is so young. Right. Right. I mean, if you've learned how to effectively run the pick and roll, <laughs> I mean, you have different faces running it, uh, but you should be able to know how to react off of that. And there's some subtle differences. You heard Dennis just mention, like uh, with Mark Gasol, right. he liked the pocket pass yeah. as opposed to, to the lob. But those are things you would think a player at Mike Conley's caliber should have no problem figuring out. I'm yes, guessing, right? I, I, I think that's exactly right. And Quinn... Uh, no one, no one, Quinn. The way we do, he's been drawing up all kinds of stuff probably uh, since these moves were made. He, he's going to come in with uh, with uh, fully ready to implement, and uh, I, that's why I think it would be interesting to uh, to sit courtside and watch how it all comes together. But do you think Mike Conley isn't going to sit there and listen to Quinn and go, "I don't get it, Coach." What are you trying to get us to do here? I don't think so. He's going to listen to Quinn say it once, and he's going to go out and do it. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up straight ahead live from Jazz Media Day here on the Zone Sports Network. The Utah Jazz are back. This is Utah Jazz Media Day exclusively on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We're live from Utah Jazz Media Day. All the sound we got today, both uh, one-on-ones on the station and podium sound all up at 1280thezone.com. want you to uh, listen this Wednesday on a Win Ticket Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to Godsmack. Godsmack on the road this fall with special guest Hailstorm. Your chance to rock with them live is October 9th at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. It's been a good 5 o'clock hour. It has been. Per live jazz sound, a lot of uh, information, at least responses to questions that everybody seems to have. And, yeah, so uh, the guys have uh, responded to those. We're getting to the point where I'm ready to start seeing some answers. I mean, we've yeah. kind of... Uh, batted it about all summer mm-hmm. and, and looked at it from any every angle that we could possibly look at it from. And I, I yeah, I'm I'm ready to see it this Saturday. Saturday on the night, there it'll be against the Thirty uh, Sixers or whatever. It is. Didn't we look up why they were called the Thirty Sixers last Are they time? The Thirty Sixers, yeah, yeah. That right? Last time they were the Thirty Eighters, right? It's I think Thirty Sixers. I think so. Wasn't that when uh, something happened in Adelaide? Something happened. <laughs> Is the fact that the colony of South Australia was officially proclaimed December 28, 1836, although, as you both know, they were originally the Adelaide City Eagles in oh, 82 and then changed their name the year later. How well, could that's I forget? because they wanted to honor 1836. Yeah, that's uh, fairly clear. And who wouldn't? Who wouldn't, indeed? <laughs> A fine I mean, year. What would we do here in, in Utah, you know? If the Jazz had to be called by a number, what number would it be? Would it be? be? I don't know. Uh, When did Utah become a state? Wasn't it like, uh, I don't know. I I didn't grow up in Utah, so I didn't have all those classes that you guys had. Didn't you learn that? I probably did, yeah. You don't know what year uh, Utah became a state? I don't. Wasn't not it off the like top of my head. Wasn't it 1895 or something like that? Or Now am I going to have to look this up? Yeah, you got to real quick. You know, I bet Mr. Know-it-all back in the studio knows. Uh, 1896. 96. January 4th. It's all by a year. Not bad. You know? And well, you guys You, you should have known. You lived through it. <laughs> I do recall. I was living back east at the time. But something came across the paper. Yeah, (laughs) Suddenly Utah territory being called a state. All right. Whether you were born in 1896 (laughs) or 1986, perhaps you can get help help from our next guest. He's our good friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Age is just a number, man. What's up, Andrew? How you guys doing? Hey, we're great, man. But uh, truth is, you know, I'm joking a little bit, but uh, you guys help folks uh, across the age spectrum. Oh, yeah, we do. Guys struggling with erectile dysfunction, I'll tell you, it's, I've, I've got patients in their 20s and patients in their 90s. We had a 90-something-year-old this past weekend, so it can strike anybody. The good part is we have about an 85 to 90% success rate in reversing erectile dysfunction no matter what age you are, uh, we've seen diabetics, guys that have had their prostate removed, uh, guys that have struggled with ED for 10, 20 plus years. We've seen it all. Uh, our new treatment is called acoustic wave therapy. Um, men are scrambling to do this because it finally eliminates the pill, basically, uh, the side effects that come along with the medication. Guys want to get off of that. They want to know 
why things used to work without them having to think about it, without them having to plan. This treatment with just a few short sessions can open up the blood vessels in this part of the body, restore normal function in the bedroom, and, you know, we're talking two, three weeks. It's not worth wreaking havoc on your relationship for years and years to come. You can come in, get the problem fixed, and it's a long-term solution. 801-901-8000 is the number. 801-901-8000. And you're taking all the risk out of this for our listeners today, Andrew. We are. If you're struggling with erectile dysfunction and sick of the medication, pick up the phone, call us right now. Those that do will be given an initial analysis, uh, a blood flow ultrasound, and really a complete workup of you. The medical doctor will sit with you. He'll be able to tell you why you have ED. And by the way, this is the last chance of the day. That normally is $300. Call us right now. We will do that complete analysis totally free. 801-901-8000 is that number. 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right. More big show coming up on the FM right around the corner, Monday Night Football on the AM. What's on your mind, Gordon? (laughs) This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. That was an incredible night for Tyler Huntley, and that's a night that he will always remember, and those that witnessed it and watched it are going to always remember that game. 334 yards, two TDs, all the different throws. Can't tell you how many times he got out of contact or sack, able to evade it. Big, physical quarterback that can move, and the other things you can see, he knows when to tuck it and run, and when to let it fly. And he had a couple of plays throughout that game. In a previous season, he takes off and runs. Stead, eyes downfield, big connection down the field. He's Still running with such athleticism and violence, but making the right split-second correct smart decision to get his head down and hit the ground safely. I'm very, very impressed with Tyler Huntley right now. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Wrapping up a big show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott live from Jazz Media Day, and it's official, Gordon. The Jazz season is uh, here. Training camp kicks off tomorrow, and uh, we'll have the first preseason game right here on the station against Adelaide on Saturday. Can you yes. believe it? Wild. Yeah. It's here, and I. these are important days for the Jazz because they're, what Donovan said, they have eight new components to the team. Uh, I don't know if I haven't counted it up myself, but they have new players who are gifted players, but they need to be acclimated to what the Jazz want to do. And maybe even the players have been around the Jazz in the past. It'll be a little different because Quinn will cook up some other kind of strategy, and uh, they, they have to work on that. And that's probably true for most teams around the league, but it's especially true for the Jazz at the at the top end of of uh, their roster. And it wasn't that way last year. Yeah. They they rolled back uh, pretty much the same team last year. This well, year, there's going to be more work to be done in the preseason. Yeah, and we heard Dennis uh, talk about that, that, uh, that they learned their lessons going up against Golden State and Houston in the playoffs the last few years. And they're not good enough. They weren't good enough, so they had to get better. So it's been interesting. to We've learned a lot today, Gordon. We've heard from a lot of the players, Dennis. We've heard from Quinn. There's, there's just a, there's a lot of enthusiasm around this building today. Yeah, there is, and for good for the same reasons that people outside of this 
the organization itself have been predicting that the Jazz will be improved. Or they'll have to be because the West is good everywhere you look. Uh, so uh, everywhere from from the Clippers uh, to the Kings. <laughs> Where are the nights off? There aren't a whole lot of them. It's going to be a really fun season from that standpoint. Yeah. And for you, in doing the pre-half and post, Jake, there aren't going to be very many games, at least not in the West, where beforehand you're going, oh, this is really a dog game. Oh, no. <laughs> I, they're, they're, and they're all going to be important because I think the West is going to be extremely close. Yeah. There's not a there's not a big dog that's going to run away with it, and there's probably what do you want to say four or five teams depending on how you evaluate it that are going to be really good. And I just don't know how, for spots. I don't know who's going to uh, how who's going to be proficient and efficient at scoring against the Clippers. That that's one of the real interesting questions. But you're right. There's a bunch of really really good teams, and that means that that game in November that uh, the Jazz either won or lost is going to come down and come into play uh, when April comes around. Yep. And why a, a slow start would be tough this year to overcome. They've had slow starts over the past couple of years. Which and, makes it even more important, this yeah. training camp, here yep. and, and for the guys to get it together. You would think with a with, with a mind like Mike Conley's that he would be able to adapt quickly. You'd think you? so. You and he's a veteran. That. Yeah, and the other guys... Our veterans, too, uh, they should be able to put two and two together. I think Quinn is going to lay it out there for them in simple terms, and then they'll probably go over it again and again and again and again until they get it right. All right, we do want to say a big thanks, and we, we try to say thank you to Austin after every show, or we should say it more probably, but big thanks to Austin, executive producer of The Big Show. But on Media Days, uh, a, a lot of the guys behind the scenes deserve a lot of credit. Uh, Alex, who's uh, been monitoring the podium and cutting all that up for us. Lloyd, uh, you know, a very busy day on Hanson Scotty with a lot of the guys coming through. So uh, uh, boys to everybody uh, back up at our Carrier Studios for uh, getting us through another media day. Big thanks to everybody. Yeah, well said. Thanks to you, Gordon. I'll see you tomorrow, buddy. Thanks, Jake. Thanks to all our listeners. We appreciate you dialing in. It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.